Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 5-3 The Fan, thanks for rolling with us. Really looking forward to talking to Broadus in exactly one hour as we'll do a comprehensive Packers-Cowboys preview with him. Mickey will get us up to date on injuries. Uh, lots of good stuff coming your way. But there's an article today in the morning news about, really it's kind of about adjustments for Kellen Moore. And it's about uh, things that we've been talking about all week long. Was Garrett too involved in this? Who came up with this game plan? How are we going to learn from it? What about the idea that Travis indicated that people were, you know, run blitzing at all the right times because they picked up the Cowboys signals? All these different kinds of things that are obviously worrisome in one game, but it, then it goes to, well, what do you do from here? And there's a couple Kellen Moore quotes, Ben, in this article that really made me feel good about the direction of things. So I want to bounce some of these off you. Here's the first one. It's a little lengthier. He had made a joke earlier where he said, JG gets the heat when we score 10, and he was joking about it. So <laughs> awesome. Well, That's kind of like JD would say. He would say, uh, any of the bad trades I make, it, it was Thad's idea. <laughs> right. Those are, now that Thad's gone, there's not going to be any more bad <laughs> trades. Um, so that's, that's really kind of interesting. And, you know, Sean sent us a great nugget that we'll get into in a, in a moment from the USA Today Cowboys Wire that relates to this, this aspect of the story as well. But listen to what he's saying here. The exact quote, it's important to always recognize those things. Talking about things that happened at the line, things that the other team picked up on etc. That maybe you do things, whether it's positive or negative, see what you did first and foremost. See what teams did against you because naturally teams are going to evaluate you in that aspect. So you have to recognize the things they did well. Hopefully you have adjustments or plans moving forward and be prepared if it happens again. And I feel like that's a big talking point of what we talked about all week long about what we did or didn't learn from the New Orleans game. Yeah, I uh, the again the thing that concerns me the most after the dust has settled, it's it's exactly what you just said. It's what Travis was talking about, mm-hmm. and there's that article in the USA Today. We were mentioning that, and this idea that hey, when the when Dax under center, it's a run play. When Dax is in shotgun, it's a pass play. It's not as simple as that, but. If Travis indicated to us, which which he did, that he felt like uh, you know the Saints could predict what they were doing, and even though they had two safeties deep, uh, saying "Hey, we're you're not going to pass deep on us," they were able to call run blitzes successfully, like 100 percent of the time that the Cowboys were running. That's problematic. It, it, to me, it would lend it would lend itself more towards all right. They knew what the Cowboys were doing more than all of a sudden the best line in football just all of a sudden sucked. Now, they did get beat. I'm not giving the players a free pass. And they They got beat badly. They got beat badly. Um, But prior to that, it's not like Travis Frederick had played poorly. Travis Frederick, according to Pro Football Focus, going into that, hadn't even allowed a quarterback pressure Mm -hmm. as a pass blocker. You know, and then now after that, they had him ranked as the 20th best center in the game. And even Zach, who has been, you know, arguably the best lineman in football, didn't have a good game. But it also hurts you if the opposition knows exactly what you're doing. We've talked about how important deception is, and that's kind of what we were excited about about Kellen Moore, that 
defenses can't just know exactly what the Cowboys are doing. They have to be on, back on their heels a little bit. I feel like all of that went away, and I think a huge part of it was it, there was no deception. Yeah, and and to, to me, Ben, that's why I love this quote so much because he's talking about that specifically. How does Jason Garrett answer the same question? Well, we got to execute. Yeah. Like, he's specifically telling you, look, you go into a game, and then these things happen into a game, and you figure out, okay, they've picked up on these things. We have to make the adjustments. That's way different than going, well, we got to execute. Those are two total—dude, Jason Garrett may know exactly the right thing and uh, has no interest in answering it, but the history indicates that the Cowboys do do the same thing over and over. And we can talk about Linehan all we want, but Jason Garrett was the head coach. So going out there and doing it over and over again, the same thing— that's the guy riding herd over it. So to me, I'm way more interested in the guy actually analyzing it and giving a legitimate answer as opposed to, well, we got to execute better. Right. Because and that's why we just asked Jerry that. Jerry was talking the same thing. He was talking about fumbles and execution. Yeah, you do. You have to execute better and all the things you do. But outside of execution, those things aren't mutually exclusive. It's not that just now that you've executed better, now all your stuff works. Run blitzing at all the right times is going to screw you whether or not you execute or not. Man, and those, he had a, a comment about popping his head in there and, and poking his head in there and asking all the right questions. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to dissect that and listen to it because I, I do think Jerry does that. He referenced that, right? Didn't he say, I go in there and I was asking yeah. the right questions and stuff? So I, I don't He's know. asking the players and the coaches what he said. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I'll just set this up. Uh, it says, uh, Dak Prescott has seen his play-action pass attempts decrease each week uh, from 15 attempts in week one to seven against the Saints. We've talk- really? We've talked about this idea of, do you even need to run to have play-action? Because the stats say you don't. Just the idea of running and utilizing that still freezes the people that you need to freeze unless they straight guess. So here's Kellen's response to that. Again, we're talking about in-season adjustments. Just the ebbs and flows of the game, and every game is a little bit different, and certainly being at home, being on the road, there are some things you can and can't do. We talked about this ad nauseum on Monday. Talked about, did the Cowboys change their game plan because of the road environment? He's saying it right there. I think it's all part of the process, and you love play action, but things have to connect. And so the point is, they had this game plan going in. We're not going to do as much of this stuff because we're on the road and it's chaotic and we think it may cause problems. And now they've seen the results of all that. So instead of going, well, we got to execute better. It's like, okay, well, we know what we've done. We know why we're doing it. Now we've seen some concrete examples of it. That's the ebbs and flows of the game. We're going to make those adjustments as we go on. I, I, I feel so much better just hearing him say these, these are basic things but after the last three years, we felt like the most basic things were ignored. I feel like they're not being ignored. I feel like there's a prominent voice that's like, yep, we went in there. These are the mistakes we made. We realized we didn't execute here, here, and here. But there are things that we have to do because of the ebb and flow of the game, and we will do those things. Right. And it's just the communication of that. We don't. Garrett's never going to communicate anything. So it is awesome that Kellen Moore is communicating. They may have been saying that after every game last year as well. But they weren't saying it publicly. And then the results didn't change. The right. question is now, okay, we've got the lip service. Now you're going to do anything about it. Right. The other thing I would say is that it is, there are a bunch of cooks in the kitchen. So whether it was, you know, the conspiracy that Garrett went in there and choked the life out of this thing, it may not have necessarily been that. It could have been 
as a group, they decided they wanted to do that. And if that's the case, then maybe those people can just back on out of the future meetings. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're going to be, if your influence is going to be, you're going to make this thing get crazy conservative again, yeah. maybe you can just find your way out. And, and cause, because if you're really going to grade what happened, that's what happened, right? Feels like it. I mean, but it, it happened to a degree, one way or another. Yeah, to a small group. Like a lot of things happened, right? A lot of things and happened. A lot of things happened. Ha- yeah. A little bit of everything puts together the whole pie, I guess. When we talk about pie a lot, right? In the past, but, though, in the past, all of the focal point had been execution. Yeah, which none do of better. it had been approach. It was all execution. Which they can still say though. We're going to execute better. We're not going to fumble. And you know what? You <laughs> can have bad execution on great approach. This is where it's interesting. Is this week? I'm not sure. This week tells you much about all that offensive game plan discussion because you're going to run the ball so much. I think you're going to be able to get about six or seven yards of carry on the Packers defense. Right. Um, now again, this is the concerning thing too. If you think about. 2017, the back half of 2017, when you didn't have Tyron and didn't have Zeke, you were still able to run. Mm-hmm. And that was the first week in a long time last week that felt like you just weren't able to run. Now, there are a couple specific examples you might be able to point to last year early in the season, but just not being able to get the ground game going and kind of looking sluggish. The offensive line as a unit, you know, when they were run blocking, looked sluggish. Looked mm-hmm. like they kind of weren't all, all on the same page. Mm-hmm. Even though Travis said they didn't miss any assignments or anything, they just kind of just didn't get it going, didn't get a push. There's a lot of clips where they just got bloated up, dude. Yeah. I mean, there was bodies on bodies, but they got overwhelmed physically. Yeah. So here's the stats that Ben was referencing from that USA Today article that our, our buddy Sean sent us. I'll just read it straight. Prescott took 18, this is the New Orleans game. He took 18 snaps from under center and 39 in the shotgun. Prescott has been in the shotgun more snaps than under center in every game so far this season, but that was the most imbalanced of any of them. But the problem is what they do when they are under center. It says, it becomes obvious that the offense is going to run from under center and pass from shotgun because that's what the numbers indicate. If you go back and you look at the data, it says in 44 games, Prescott has never dropped back and passed after taking the snap from under center more than three or four times in a game. Think about that. So, except for a few plays a game, the vast majority of the time that Dak is taking the ball from under center, he's going to hand the ball off, and all of the defenses know this. That's a problem. That's a problem, right? There, if, there, if, if that's the case, is that the case? Does he have this writer? Didn't isn't this the writer? Who said? By the way, I miss. I lost my. I lost notes. my notes on eight games, I which lost is my terrible for eight games. But but the whole point is, we're talking about the Saints knowing what the Cowboys are going to do. Yeah, right. And so you yeah. pick up on tendencies. It's the same thing as tipping pitches or whatever. You pick up on these tendencies. Oh, he's under center. They're about to run the ball. Uh, and and you know th- this guy writing it says, well, it's because of Dak's limitations and his mechanics that if he takes it under center, well, if that's the case. Never take it from under center. If we're really moving towards a college game, I'll flip on a college game and never see a damn quarterback take it from under he's center. He's talking about going backwards? I guess he's implying that there's limitations that he's not perhaps not difference. as comfortable as a passer when he has to do the the drops. right? If he's going to take it back and hand off the ball, that's one thing. If he's going to take his drop and then go into his mechanics... But again, I mean, every I, the, the shotgun was created in general years ago to give the quarterbacks a little more space to work with, right? And that's not have them, and not have to it. master a three or five step drop. Yeah, right. I mean, that's kind of whole purpose of it. So, like, I don't know. I don't think it's that. I just think it's. I think it's where this offense needs to go. They need to always be in shotgun. Mm-hmm. 
um, very rarely be under center. And it's fallen. Yeah, if, the, if those tendencies are bad, then yeah, then you need to fix that. Do you but, know what's really great if you're never under center is being under center and running play action? Yeah. Because what is that defense going to be thinking out there? Yeah. They're going to have to start guessing. They're going to start guessing the second you're under center. Um, you had a little quick uh, Packer injury update news yes. today? Yes. Devontae Adams did not practice today. So we can probably go ahead and get ready to put the put the out sign on him. Uh, do you, Generally, you don't practice on Friday. You don't, you don't play. play. I know that's the way it is around here. I didn't know if that was every team. Second cornerback on the outside, Kevin King, did not practice today. Wow. Third cornerback on the outside, Tony Brown, did not practice today. Uh-oh. They're likely, and we'll see what happens, but they'll, they'll likely, and Green Bay's not as much. Dallas has been pretty clear in the past. They don't practice on Friday. You generally don't play. Mm-hmm. Green Bay sometimes is weird about that. But they would be bringing in 36 or 37 year old Tremont Williams to be the outside corner, too, and would likely have Alexander uh, running with Cooper. Alexander hasn't been traveling uh, 100% of the time. Hmm. Likely he would travel with Cooper all week, and Tremont Williams would be lined up against Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup, who has 14 years on Tremont Williams. Wow. Well, I saw that. You know, I do worry about passing the ball against the Packers because they do have a, a solid edge rush on both mm-hmm. sides. Um, and, uh, yeah, obviously that's where, you know, I feel like they can, you can run against the Packers. It's going to be harder to throw against the Packers. Um, but I did see that Lyle Collins is back at practice today. Nice. That's huge. So that's massive. Right. And we kind of thought that was going to happen. I guess, you know, the Packers exceedingly well, and as skin pointed out, KT, you know, you, you sometimes are negative about what they can accomplish, but I think you've got a, a lot of credibility. So how do you personally feel about this matchup right this minute? I feel like the Cowboys are the better team and that the Packers are going to need to get a turnover or two like the Saints got. Mm-hmm. I mean, I and that's – but, you know, it's, again, this is the type of thing where I always worry about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he is the most petty guy, you know, that I can imagine. Mm-hmm. And he's the most look at the mirror. And it's, it's funny because the great players – bring out the most generic cliches, okay? Right. Aaron Rodgers is bringing out a generic cliche here, so I'm going to issue a, a severe cliche warning. Okay. Aaron's the guy who kind of looks in the mirror and says, oh, my number one guy's out? All right, time to ball out, <laughs> you know? Right. Like, And that's just kind of how he approaches life, you know? So that's that's a little thing that bothers me a little bit, but I, I think roster-wise, Cowboys have the better team. Yep. Um, I think they're probably a little bit healthier. Even without Tyron, they might be a little bit healthier. So I think getting Gallup back, if Gallup can give you something on offense, I think that opens things up quite a bit, especially if, if Alexander is going to travel with Cooper. That's They need Gallup there to open things up because no offense to Devin Smith, Gallup's a much better player than him. Yeah. Did you guys see the uh, – before we get oh. out of here about Kellen Moore and all that, did you guys see the Sean Payton talking about him? No. Check this out. This is audio. This is Sean Payton uh, last week talking about Kellen Moore. You know, it's, it's, it's about communicating, it's about leading, it's about um, working on a plan, and then also working with others amongst the staff. And Because and, ultimately, you're calling a play, and if you're meeting on Wednesday about something you're not comfortable with, and someone else is really wanting that, you've got to be able to say, look, I'd rather hold on that. And that's not easy to do sometimes when you're young on a staff. That's such a good point. That's so great. By Dude, Sean. did you guys, and you guys heard what Broad has said when New Orleans approached, they were approaching it like it was the old days, and they're, all right, Dak's going to have to beat us because 
We're gonna. Oh man, that's good stuff. Yeah. That is that. That's part of that chess match, Ben. That's jo- it. Jossie Dawson's tweet. I know they're coming on after us two to seven, but Dawson had a really good tweet too. And we're gonna listen to some of this Jerry stuff at twelve forty. He said Cowboys leadership doesn't want to talk scheme. They had their coaches and players telling us during camp nothing was changing. That was not true. So and he's he's. Yep. I agree with Gavin there. They don't want to talk about that stuff. All right, coming up late, uh, next, we'll get the latest on Lyle Collins, all the health issues for the Cowboys. Mickey Spagnola joins us. Then i got to tell you guys an embarrassing story about not carrying cash. That's all next on the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Oh, yes, it's a football Friday. The Bennett Skin Show getting you ready for a little Dallas Cowboys football this weekend. And uh, we have got around the NFL, the rest of the NFL games coming up at 120. But before that, Brian brought us. We'll get back into the Jerry Jones audio momentarily. And joining us now, thanks to our friends at Ford. Ford is the best in Texas. It is Mickey Spagnola. And Mickey, uh, we were looking at uh, our timelines on Twitter, and it certainly appeared that Lyle Collins returned to practice today, which means he should be good to go on Sunday, right? Yeah, I think that's a pretty good assumption. He had, you know, at least with everybody gets to watch, went through all the individual drills today. And I think all along what they were trying to do is just keep him comfortable enough to get him to Sunday to be able to play. So um, that should be uh, somewhat of a relief for the Cowboys, knowing they're not going to have to play musical chairs on the offensive line to compensate for both of their starting offensive tackles. So uh, with Lael Cowens there, Cam Fleming will start on the left side for Tyron Smith. I think we've known that. Uh, And then they can kind of, if they need another tackle, kind of decide by who goes out there depending on who's active for the game. But at least they exposed uh, Connor Williams to that possibility on Wednesday uh, as maybe being the swing tackle if they need somebody. And then Sue Afila can move in at guard. So that looks like uh, the way they would go there. So, yeah, uh, boy, you'd sure hate to go into the game without both your starting offensive tackles. Yeah, that would be rough. And, you know, I, I know he's been li- – I believe he's been listed as limited practice last couple of days, but, man, Tank is on every part of the injury report you can be on. <laughs> if, if he was a hockey player, it would be all body, right? <laughs> yeah. Not but, upper or lower, what, shoulder, knee, heel. Is the shoulder at all related to what he had physically repaired? I was told that it's his other shoulder. Okay. So, But I don't think any of it is is bad enough to keep him out. Now, they may try to limit his snaps uh, a bit. Uh, in in the game and you know the other thing is you know they they like this rotation but you know last last Sunday uh, Robert Quinn played 54 snaps so he he played you know more than 80 percent of the snaps so if you're not having to have a huge rotation over there you would have more guys available to rotate with uh, Demarcus Lawrence but uh, I would imagine knowing him uh, he'll be out there. He'll be ready to go. And then the other interesting thing we can keep an eye on is uh, Tyrone Crawford has practiced for two days now. He was oh. limited yesterday, today. But those are his first 
practices in three weeks. He played 18 snaps in the second game before the hip started bothering him and they got him out of there, and he really hadn't done anything until this week. Um, it, it sounds like he's moving around okay, so uh, I'm sure they'll leave uh, list him as questionable, and we'll see if two practices is enough in three weeks to get out there and be a rotation guy, probably inside uh, at defensive tackle, or if they're just kind of – warming him up to get full go next week. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Gallup should be ready to go. Uh, and Antoine Woods, I, even though he's been limited, I think it has been limited on purpose. Uh, so maybe next week for him. So they'll still have to go with a, uh, a rotation inside to compensate for his loss at the nose tackle position. So Jason Garrett has been prone to react strongly at times. Like uh, I'll give you when there's strong public criticism. Now, specifically, what I'm talking about here is when it, you know he doesn't go for it on fourth and one, and then suddenly he's going for every fourth and one after that. And I'm just wondering. Um, you may agree or disagree with that notion, but I'm just wondering with all of this talk about how the Cowboys reverted back and got super conservative, do you think we'll see a, a real aggressive play action base, motion, deception, all sorts of creativity from the offensive game plan this week? Well, I think it's a lot easier when you're doing all those things at home uh, than doing it somewhere when you can't hear. Um, I thought uh, – I don't know if you guys caught what Kellen Moore said yesterday when they were asking him about the difference in the play calling, uh, and it was inferred to him that Jason was mm-hmm. making decisions, and he looked up and smiled, and he goes, so this is pretty good. If we only score 10 points, then it's Jason's calling the plays, right? Uh, not me. So he was going to push the responsibility off to the head coach, right? So, yeah, and, and again, it has to – I mean, tell me what the Packers are going to do. You know that that that's that's significant. Uh, how are they going to play it? Uh, but again, I think when you don't have that noise factor into the game, then yeah, the the motion. You know, they didn't run plays. You know, when you and so I guess we have to define motion. You have guys in motion as the ball snapped because they had guys resetting in the game the whole time to try to figure out if the Saints would be in zone or if they're in man-to-man. So they would move at least one wide receiver to one side. They would flank Zeke out empty, and then they would bring him back in. Uh, the same thing with uh, tight ends. Uh, so they did do that, but I think they were hesitant because of the noise not to go on a timing route uh, with play action, or not play action, but with a lot of motion. So, yeah, I, I think when you're at home, you're more comfortable, but you, you'll be able to do that. And judging from the way, you know, the Packers have played the run, you know, you ought to jam it on up there and see if, you know, you can run for 200 yards the way Minnesota did against them. Yeah, I feel you, man. So uh, before we let you go, Mick, get on record. What do you think? Uh, I've predicted this morning with the boys, 27-24 Cowboys. Uh, Aaron Rodgers still scares me. Um, I, I, I think that, you know, I, I see people trying to throw dirt on his career and then I see him throw for 400 yards against the Eagles. Um, now he's going to be somewhat hamstrung because he doesn't have Devonte Adams out there. You know, Devonte Adams has like 25 catches for more than 300 yards and all the other wide receivers on the Packers have 25 catches. So that's kind of it doesn't look like he's going to make it. He hasn't practiced the first two days with that turf toe and I can't imagine he's going again. So I would think the only way you can play with that uh, is to shoot it up for the game 
and, and try to go. Uh, I don't know if he wants to do that or if they want to do that. Uh, but if they don't have him, I think, uh, you know, they're somewhat limited in the passing game. Although Chris Richard said yesterday when he was told, well, Adams is not there, is that, you know, advantage Cowboys. And he said, Aaron Rodgers can throw anybody open. And, and I do believe that. But I think this Cowboy offense will get back to moving the ball the way uh, they had in the first three games. Don't turn it over uh, and don't miss passes on third down, uh, and you probably score more than 10 points. Awesome stuff, Mick. We'll uh, talk to you on Monday, buddy. Okay, see you guys. There he goes, Mickey Spagnola. Brought to you for, by our friends at Ford. Now, Ben, I have a feeling that you got yourself into quite a jam there yesterday. Yeah, uh, I, this happened uh, the other day, and and uh, it's 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 a problem that I've had for a while, and that is I don't like to carry cash. I just don't. Uh, I just it's just not convenient to go to an ATM, and I also don't have a lot of ATM trust. Um, oh, interesting. Is that because of the, the like the the robbery job there kind of thing? Well, no, it's because you know people will go put uh, like at gas pumps. They'll go put a credit card reader. Oh uh, yeah, there, and you, you think you're buying gas, but essentially you've given somebody. I don't like to use my debit card for things. Mm-hmm. Like I feel comfortable using American Express because they have an incredible fraud department. Yeah, and so it's like, hey, my Amex thing. Uh, it looks like there's something wrong here. They're like, oh, we'll get rid of that immediately. You'll never hear of this ever again. Right. No, I hear you. Okay, awesome, man. I feel like there's this wall of security using Amex. And I just don't, I think you're a little bit more vulnerable anytime you use your bank card. Now, that may be entirely inaccurate, but that's just how I feel. Dude, let me tell you this, too. I I worry about this, too, because there's a difference in my mind with the hard cash that is in the bank versus the credit world. Right. Like, you know, you you start going, well, hey, I had $10,000 of cash, but it's been compromised. How does that get recovered? Yeah. I don't know. I exactly. And so anyways, I just, and it's, I don't like, just don't carry cash. I don't need it very often. Mm -hmm. Like when I, when I go, when I go about my day, I can pretty much pay for whatever I need to pay for either with a credit card or with Venmo. Right. Right. Yes. A, a, A money app. And so the times where it stings me are when we go somewhere, which isn't entirely often. It's not incredibly often, but it's if there's valet parking. Right. Because I, you have, you know, your car comes and you don't necessarily owe anything, but they're standing there like, okay, do you have a tip for me? And you have to. Mm-hmm. That's where it's really. So I, what I don't like is I don't like awkward, but I continually put myself in incredibly awkward situations. All you have to do. So I always try to have at least three to five ones on me, and at least three fives, because even if you're over tipping, like you've run out of ones and you're over tipping with a five, it sucks. But it's not the end of the world. It's not like standing there having a 20 going, oh, It just seems like a lot of trouble to go get three fives and three ones. No, I'm saying I, just always at least have that on you. I don't like to have that on me. Well, I, I don't want to. I'd rather you keep it on you <laughs> and then I'll Venmo you. Hey, listen. Guys, I, I got to go to the ATM. I'm going to see Ben later. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like since Venmo's come out, I've totally uh, compensated in that regard, right? Like oh, you're getting absolutely. paid. Absolutely. You're not getting hurt. I think and, I've made money off you because you feel well, guilty about it. I think Sean's the same way. I'll be at dinner with Sean, and I, of course, don't have money for, you know, if I see him, it's usually at a nice restaurant. So I'm like, I'll just send him Venmo, and that's and he'll just, you know, begrudgingly go pull money out of his wallet. Mm-hmm. The other place that it really hurts you, and it might even hurt you even worse, is at the car wash. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I like to get my car washed. 
but you pay for it with your credit card. Right. 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 Just like valet parking, it's complimentary or you pay for whatever. Um, with I pay for my car wash with my credit card. I go through, and then what happens is they pull your car over. I like the wheels to look real armor all and the tires and whatnot all cleaned. And so somebody starts going to town on mm. your car, and it's 180 degrees outside. Right. And they're working their arse off to get that car as clean as possible. Mm-hmm. And so the other day after the show, my car, I, I let it get super dirty. So I take it to a car wash. And man, I, I just wasn't thinking. I think I was on the phone. I'm going through the car wash. And then they, the guy's working on it. And I start looking around. I'm like, dude, there's nowhere, no ATM around anywhere. How am I? And so I, I asked one of the guys that worked there. I go, hey, can I go put, can you just charge my card and put cash on it? And they're like, nope. I'm like, I, I, how am I supposed to tip this guy? So I look over. And this guy is working harder than I've ever seen another human being work on ja- my car. Japanese beaver? I mean, he's working like a Japanese beaver building a dam in a, in a flood. Yep. And, dude, that th- it's like he's got a toothbrush out. And he's every detail. And he'll look over at me and I'll look over at him. And it, I can tell he's looking at me going, huh? See the work I'm putting in here? Yeah. And he's a big Tolo. I got you. <laughs> I got you. And so I've never seen a guy work as hard as this guy work. You're on, on the radio. You're going to tip me well. <laughs> I've never seen a guy work as hard on my car ever. And I'm sweating bullets because I'm like, man, I don't know what to do. There's no ATM here. I don't have cash. I'm like, do I have cash hidden in my car anywhere? Do I have anything of value? Then I'm like, do I, do I give him a hat? Is that just insulting? What do I, what do, I do? I give him a sticker on <laughs> my hat? I don't know what to do. I'm like, I don't, I, God, I don't know what to do. I'm, you, here's what you do. Did you Venmo him? Oh, you could have done that. I could that. have found out if he had Venmo. You put your hand on his shoulder and you say, keep it up. <laughs> and good things will come to you. You Mike Maddox him? So no, here's no, no. what happened. Okay. I was right as it was time. I mean, my car has never been cleaner. It almost hurts your eye to look at it because oh. it's sparkling so brightly. Pristine. He was st- he was just about to finish that car. And I'm like, and right then, uh, a lady started a conversation with me. All right. She goes, oh, you did you say you were from Prosper? You know, huh? she or some she you know heard me on the phone or something. I'm I'm real excited about that Prosper Allen football game coming up. Oh November yeah, it's 1st. a big one. And so, uh, by the way, we start talking about that Prosper Allen game, and mm-hmm. somebody else walked in. Hey, you guys talking about Prosper versus Allen? That's going to be a hell of a game. You know, it's like the community's buzzing. You need like Allen's getting ready for it. Uh, you need to go yeah, tell them that fight week's going on in yeah, Allen. See I will. what they think. And so, anyways, uh, this lady, I start talking to her, and we we're having a conversation. And I look over. I'm like, this is great. She is distracting the situation. The guy has cleaned my car. I don't have cash to pay him. I Really, what I need for him to do is to go away. Because if I go to talk to him, all I'd say is, man, I'm really sorry I don't have any cash right now. Right? Now there's a couple people around, too, because we're having a conversation about Prosper football. And I'm like, now everyone's going to see what a cheapskate I am. I can't. <laughs> this guy just worked his ass off, and I can't pay him. So I'm like, man, this is great. This lady's going to talk to me. This She's very nice. We're having a good conversation. This guy's got to move on to another car. So he finishes with my car, and I look over at the corner of my eye, and he's standing there. And I'm like, okay, cool. So he's just standing there for a second. He's giving me a second like, sir, uh-huh. this is your chance to tip me. Right. Your car's ready. I was like, all right, man, thank you. He's like, your car's ready. I was like, thanks, man. I'll be there in a little while. And he just stood there. Oh! And I was oh, like, no. okay, cool, cool. He's going to stand there for a second. He's going to move on. So I keep talking, and I look over the corner of my eye. He's still standing there. Nice. He's got like, you, dude. Oh, my God. He's, he's got, got he owns me. I he just owns wanted you. to give him the car. Like, you can have the car, man. I'm sorry. This is, I don't have any cash, and I never will have cash again. But you going to have the car or the hat? Have this car. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy was waiting it out, man. 
The guy was Gosh. waiting it out. I'm sure there were other cars just being totally neglected. He was waiting for my tip. He knew you're the he big tipper. He stayed there and stayed there what and stayed there. Yeah. And I didn't guy. know what to do. Really and so tool. I looked over at him. This hurt so bad. Oh, no. I look, Did I you look, tell him to run along? I looked over at him. What do you guys think I said? Uh, Keep up the good work. Yeah. Thanks for everything, bud. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you. Such a you. thing to say. You gave him your card. That keep, on, been, keep on trucking, pal. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, it's good. If you hand somebody your card, it, it, that's almost worse because anything, if I dig in my pocket or hand him anything, mm-hmm. it's gonna he's going to think it's money. That's just going to be adding in. Give him oh, write an IOU on a notepad and give him an IOU. <laughs> Did you do the uh, Goonga Galunga? No. Did you try to send him some V-Bucks? You promised him eternal consciousness uh, on his deathbed, didn't you? I, lo- I didn't have a pitchfork. You got and I looked, I looked over at him and I go, <laughs> for the second time, hey, thanks, man. <laughs> oh. ah. And this guy, this guy, his shoulders slumped so badly, I feel like oh, no. both shoulders broke. Dude. And he, yes, that music played. There was a band, a live band played that music. <laughs> And he walked off like Charlie Brown, and it was the worst moment of his life. And I'm thinking, man, I'm the biggest a-hole ever. And it's all because there's no ATM! No, listen. Uh, He knew that you were... Should have gone to the strip club first. He knew that you were Ben (laughs) of the Ben and Skin Show. Yeah. And joining us now on (laughs) the (laughs) buyersafety.com. No, no, no. Uh, Here's what you do. Uh, Because this is what KT does. So at all the car wash places, you're really supposed to tip all of them in a box. So walk up to that tip box yeah. and put a folded piece of paper Oh, in there. trust me. Yeah. I've done that, too. <laughs> or I've gone through with the fake air tip just over to that box. and uh, just oh, act. Yeah. But there's no box there. It's Play straight tipping. Tip. And so he sat there. He must have sat there for, I don't know, four or five minutes. Go back by today. Is it Where is this place? Now, this is the other thing. Like, there was the time that, who was the Rangers player? They had, like, a, a player that I was, a, a, he, it was um, a utility infielder that I had been trashing. Andres Blanco. Is that oh, who it was? Oh, yes, it was. I was, no, yes. I was just, no, I swear to God, this it is, was. Is, really? This, yes. Okay, so I'd been trashing him on the air. And then Emily interviewed him. Yes, it was. He wasn't even like, he's just a placeholder while Kinsler was hurt. It's so stupid. It was a bad take, but I'd been trashing him, and it just became my whipping boy type deal, and I trashed him over and over and over for so long, and in my world, it was a thing, and I'd thought it in my mind, it was this whole thing, and it was, so I went over to his locker. And I was like, hey, man, I just want to be a stand-up oh. guy. <laughs> I go over to his locker and I go, I want to be a stand-up guy. I didn't want to trash the guy and not right. make myself. So I was like, I'm not only going to be in the clubhouse. I'm going to go tell him, hey, it was me. It's not personal. Hey, man, I think you suck. And it was, number one, he didn't know who I was or what I was talking about. Yeah. Number said, two, he did not speak any at English. All. Like, no, I, at remember, all. I remember he goes, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And he started looking around for Mitch Moreland or somebody to help. Uh, so I, there's a chance if I go back to that car wash, that guy's like, what are you? Who are you? Why are you doing this? Right. So I could be, I don't know if I would get the impact of giving it to him now or yeah. would I just be throwing it out the window Can right now? Can you still visualize this guy in your face? Is his yeah. image, what, just, where is this place? Just swing by. Uh, it's up uh, kind of in my part of town. It's up near Frisco. Just swing by a $5 bill. And okay. if you yeah. see him say, hey, I didn't have cash on me Can yesterday. I Venmo you right now for $5? All right. Here, here yes. <laughs> oh, this is big. Look at that. Kevin, would you hand that to Ben? Look I don't want to be the guy a, directly handing it to that's him. That's a $5 bill. Right, yes. Listen, listen. And, and, hey, listen. 
I forgot to Venmo you for the Starbucks yesterday, so you keep that, Ben. Okay, good. You keep that, and you go and give that to Mr. Blanco up there at the car wash (laughs) and and make Uh sure that you make this this wrong or right. If he doesn't remember it, he's not gonna I'm not gonna be there getting my car wash. He's gonna think I'm propositioning him. That could something good could come out of that too, man. He might still be there waiting for you. <laughs> it could literally be your lucky day. <laughs> All right, it's the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. Include Ben's question. Uh, it's Cowboys fans wondering why the offense seemed to kind of revert back to its old ways. Cowboy fans are super curious. You heard the crazy conspiracy theories out there. Hey, they got rid of all those conservative play calls and they opened it up and it's a modern offense now. Why did they revert back to that? So we appreciate That's not That's not true. That's not accurate. Truth is one word. That's not accurate. We did not do that. Uh, we had a plan that, uh, given going into the game, uh, uh, I'm trying, I'm hard pressed. Now, knowing now that we're going to have those two turnovers, uh, then I might have done a little something differently or suggested to them something differently, or I know they would have done something differently, but they couldn't have anticipated those turnovers. So, you know, Ben, we talked about this a lot. They had one good drive in that game, and that was the first drive of the third quarter. Do you know what the two drives before that were? Were back-to-back fumbles in the first half. And we talked about this with Travis, them never getting a rhythm going into that game. And I think what Jerry is saying emphatically is, we had a great game plan, and it was going to unfold. We just had back-to-back turnovers at midfield, and that changed the way that these things were rolling out. I get it, I, and, and uh, I'm not saying that's inaccurate, but um, it, it also seemed like there was less play action, there was less motion, mm-hmm. there was, and maybe that was just, hey, we don't think we can do that because it's too loud in there. Man, it, that is such an excellent home field advantage. Yeah. If you can impact the other team's game plan to where they're coming in, hey, we're not going to be able to do this, 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 and this. Good lord! I mean, That's, that is. I mean, I don't. I don't think the Cowboys. I don't think we have that at AT and T Stadium. We don't. It's so cavernous. It's so massive. Maybe that's why. I. I don't know. I mean, a lot of the sometimes on the road games, there's so many Cowboy fans there. You have a better chance of it happening on the road. I don't. I don't know why that is, but I would want that. I would covet that. And I don't think you have it at the AAC for the Mavericks. You had it at no. Reunion Arena, mm-hmm. and maybe the Rangers have recaptured that with making it such an intimate, stacked on top of each other setting with their new stadium and, and having it being indoors. But God, seriously, that that crowd can just take you out of everything? Okay, look, it's easy to go, well, who are the two best crowds? It's Seattle and it's New Orleans, and those are smaller markets that don't have every sport represented. It's easier to make that argument. But what you just said about the AAC – you remember 2011? You couldn't hear yourself thinking there. But they also had a championship-caliber team, and the sad truth is that the Cowboys haven't had a championship-caliber team in, in forever. And the fans do bring it to a different level. Now, there's some communities, they're going to be rabid no matter what, and they're going to be crazy no matter what. And we've had this DFW sports fan conversation a million times. But I, I think it, if we get to playoff games and get to meaningful games in that building, it'll be a madhouse. But that's why I wanted the, the Seahawks to lose last night. I don't want to be in a position to have to go to Seattle during a playoff game because that is one of those places where it's a madhouse. New Orleans is one of those places where it is a madhouse. All right, let's get into this. Uh, Let's have a little bit of fun right quick. Uh, We asked him about playing him in a movie, and this was a great answer. It's number eight, Chippy. Uh, I think it was you that asked him, who would play Jerry in a movie? Oh, I I wouldn't go there, but... uh, Brad Pitt? uh, Rock Hudson, uh, Rock Hudson, and some of the older... uh, 
uh, folks there. Yep. What's the best looking one, Hollywood? <laughs> That's what I was They're all so damn good looking, Jerry. It's hard to pick one. Well, uh, yeah, we were we were just wondering about that. Like, if you if you did if a movie came out and you did want to see it, I mean, you're Jerry Jones. Jamie Fox. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I'm in on that. I'm in, yes, on that. I'm in on that too. Hey, Jamie could do it. Jamie could do it. Yeah, I'm interested. I am in seeing the Jerry Jones story as played by Jamie Fox. God, it's such a great answer, and it it goes back to kind of what we were just talking about. About I, I told you, there's a baseball organization that they don't allow their scouts and people in an organization to give you a comp for another player if he's the same nationality, if he's from the same place. Mm-hmm. They demand that you get more creative than that. Well, what are the similarities beyond the the most common basic things that are just visible to the eye? Right. That's pretty fantastic that Jerry picked Jamie Foxx. And uh, he'd also talked about eating you know, dinners with Jamie at some of the same places. And I'll never forget that time we're at the Malibu Nobu where Jerry always has the media party, and we just looked over there, and Jamie's there with a big group of people. And it's just, I guess, normal behavior in Malibu. Just look over and there's Jamie Foxx eating sushi. Um, okay, and then we had fun with him, too, here on this. Uh, what is your favorite kind of taco for t- uh, National Taco Day? Yeah, I have uh, some of the uh, neatest uh, uh, friends and uh, uh, really uh, people that uh, I get to live with, work with. And uh, they're great cooks and they uh, are wonderful Taco, enchilada, uh, all kinds, every kind of beans that you can imagine with uh, uh, Hispanic, Mexican orientation. And so I'm a king when it comes to the, the quality and the variations of Mexican food that I get. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I really like uh, uh, just uh, uh, your, your traditional ground meat taco if I've got to... Uh, start somewhere and that's usually how i'll start but uh uh you know i uh, uh, actually grew up where we were very unique in central arkansas we had a place called the mexico chiquita and it was really before its time and it had fabulous fabulous mexican food and uh, a guy named blackie and his wife brought it uh, they'd spent a lot of time in mexico and it was not uncommon for uh, our family my sister and i and dad and mom we eat there two times a week. All right, so I'm big into this because I grew up eating the kind of tacos he was talking about. I call them gringo tacos. But then when I... Fabulous. It is fabulous. And then when I got in the uh, sphere of my wife, we started eating, I guess, what most people would probably call street tacos or whatever. But it was like all the cheese and ground beef went out the window and it was more like cilantro and uh, diced onions and, and all these kinds of things. And I, I've gotten to where I prefer that now. But the bottom line is that it doesn't matter what it is. All tacos are great tacos. No doubt. And, Uh dude, the best part to me Uh is Jerry's a man of the people. I just look at Bourbon Street. Just look at being in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. I'm a king. And and think about him (laughs) talking about, uh, you know, going to watch movies and stuff, which we got into into today. He will just go do stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I could see it. Like, we bumped into him at a barbecue restaurant one time. There wasn't, like, a security team around. It was just him holding a tray. He was there for a meeting and... You remember that? Yeah, we that was right uh, Papa's in. right over yeah, there. Papa's yeah, Papa's Barbecue, and uh, I don't know for a guy who is a billionaire, he is kind of one of us. I think that's what makes him so charming, so likable. Mm-hmm. You know, he's now he's he's richer than all of us, but he's one of us, just barely. I do love a man that'll say Taka. All right, it's the Ben and Skin Show, one hundred five three. The fan, thanks for rolling with us today. We'll talk to the G Bag Nation here in about forty minutes, and we'll play them the clip of who Jerry 
said Dak reminds him of. That's really fun stuff. That's coming up in a bit. But coming up next, we'll do a comprehensive breakdown of Cowboys-Packers with Brian Broaddus right here on The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, 